Listen up, Gotham. Testing, testing, one, two, three. Ooh. Hi, Puns, it's me, Harley Quinn. This is Batman. This is Robin. Tune into the Bat Fanatic Podcast. The Bat Fanatic Podcast. The Bat Fanatic Podcast. The Bat Fanatic Podcast with Sammy Warmhands. With Sammy Warmhands. The Bat Fanatic Podcast. Bat Fanatic Podcast. Although, Sam, you might think about changing the name. <laughs> Hey everybody, it's the Dark Knight of Rap, Sammy Warmhands, and this is the Season 3 finale of the Bat Fanatic Podcast. As always, I will be joined by my co-hosts Ben Polanski and Evan Vaught, and this will be their final episode. Today, we'll introduce you to our new co-host for Season 4, Gramps, a.k.a. Grandpa Batman from Bat Force Radio. I want to shout out our Season 3 sponsor yet again, TNK Comics, the Nando Knight himself. He's been a great friend of the show. Today, we're going to review the winter-themed Swamp Thing Roots of Terror by Tom King and Jason Fabok. But first, I introduce every episode as the Dark Knight of Rap, so I made a super edit from my new album, Demented Inventive Energy, all the way back to my first album in 2007. Cause I'm the dark night a rap clown Prince of Rhyme One more time for my people like I'm General Zod Kill Bill quicker than Bob Kane's ego The clown Prince of Rhyme a little bit of a bastard Swing from the grapnel to face disasters Unstoppable force and an immovable object Dark night a rap but I kill it like I'm as bad Bizarre from Krypton shitting on you in a two minute song Who do you trust? Jack Napier with the rape you wit Never mind the bullocks at the Gotham police It's what you do with your life not who you are underneath Rhyming in front of the asylum I was caught a relief Reclaim the night like Guy Fox by candlelight Cause I'm always on the right side like Harvey Dent Dark night like Shyamalan hit with the twist I'm a super dick donor, quick to bereave Anonymous Guy Fox, yeah but I'ma just Light him up like a bat signal when I hit the sky But the man can not be ignored if I'm the simple I'm staring down the homogenous oddball in a monocle When you feel it's like Jonathan Crane with a mask on But I'm an animal, Alan Moore in the marsh Wishing for a superhero, Bruce Tim and Paul Dini Now we're reforming the League of the Law, keeping the scale Can Bruce Lane cheat shots? Attack like Bane, knock you down, proper to your knees like back pain. But I'm no joke and no jack nick. Spray DFS on my casket. Radiance resurrected features like Ray Shao Cool. Batman, I'm a cabinet fiend. Saying Christopher Nolan is fucking up with the Dark Knight. Well, Mr. You know you can't even parallel park right. Hell's vision, I'm Hell's kitchen with malice. Who do you believe? Who do you turn? You're the self, like Ledger did. Going crazy for a role, so I gotta take 
Ain't got my gear on the long Halloween Doing all the year long career of songs Dropping knowledge After rap I went straight to comics Coming in like the flying Graysons Tim Drake, Timmy and a maybe Jason But no red hood, no guns and ammo dust Stop the mic when I come for battle Demons and all the League of Shadows Man with no name beneath the saddle Call me Zildjian, I'm just a symbol Somebody tell Gordon to hit the signal Don't act like you're not impressed Alright, well for the first time, welcoming to the show, Grandpa Batman from Texas. Howdy. Welcome, Grandpa. <laughs> Grandpa Batman. <laughs> How are you doing, son? <laughs> you know, back in his day, there weren't no digital comics on a fucking screen. I have no podcasts. We actually have uh, a can and a string. <laughs> talk to each other that way. I had a rotary dial. You're goddamn right. Yeah, long-time listener, first-time caller. Um, <laughs> I've really enjoyed the Bat Fanatic podcast for the last three seasons, and uh, I'm sorry that this is the first and last time I'll probably be talking to uh, Ben and Evan um, <laughs> because, you know, you guys together as a group, your, your energy and synchronicity and the flow and energy of the show, it really sounds like three best friends just – Having a chat, and that's what I love about the show. So it's two best friends and two. another guy. Oh, oh <laughs> <fuck> you! <laughs> oh. He just stroked my earlobe. You needed oh, it. I was, I, was trying to, I was trying to rub your rhubarb. <laughs> Never rub another man's rhubarb. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's my favorite thing about it too. Is that. I genuinely like listening back to the show like if I'm on a long drive by myself because it's just like we're hanging out. So much of the show is, and you'll learn this, like I try to really structure it around the story of what we're talking about, but I always tell the guys like fucking cut me off, especially if it's funny, you know? <laughs> <laughs> to me, it's really all about the laugh in the end and having fun with it. So it's a little different waiting for the lag of, internet connections and things but you're you know. like was right. that not funny or did they not hear <laughs> <Yeah>. it <yet? laughs> tell me when it lands well you'll learn this about me i'm very forgetful so sometimes i listen back to the bat force radio shows just so i'll know what i said because i i have no memory yeah you know mm. i'm all about whatever's in the moment and they're not really planned or structured it's just kind of a free-for-all a lot of times but I'll seriously listen back going, I said that? Oh, my God. So, <laughs> like, holy clap. I'm hilarious. <laughs> I am a funny guy. How long have uh, you been doing the Bat Force Radio podcast? I think about six years. Done. Nice. Were you guys all friends before? And Well, I mean, it really just started out of getting to know each other through the Instagram social media. And we would get together. I think it was Skype at that time just to talk about things that we were doing as a collective group, as the Bath Force. And we just had a lot of fun talking, you know, because at that time DC was like sending us previews of, of the comics so that we could help promote them and stuff like that. It was almost like we were a little unofficial street team in a way. Sure. Nice. And we had so much fun talking. We we're like, you know what? We're such funny guys. <laughs> <laughs> We think other people will think we're funny too. So why don't we just do a podcast? And that's really kind of how it started. You know, one, we liked hanging out and talking with each other. Two, it was kind of like a little unofficial promo street team type of thing for the, the books that were coming out. Yeah. And it just grew from there because we got Paul Dini on the show. Wow. 
is he known for something? <laughs> yeah. And once you got Paul Dini, it kind of made us somewhat legit mm. in a way. Mm-hmm. That just opened the door and just through word of mouth, more and more of these creators started coming on the show. So it really kind of came a way for creators to come on the show and talk about books that they were working on and promote their stuff. It's just kind of evolved from there. That's cool. I had a similar experience doing my music show, the Take 92 podcast, where mm-hmm. it just started out interviewing my friends. And then I started interviewing some of my better known friends and then bands or rappers that I'd opened for. And then right. at a certain point, like I got Jello Biafra from the Dead Kennedys. And at that point, there's a shift. Like, if you scroll through the old episodes, and, like, once I got a punk pioneer on the show, right? everyone says yes after that. So, like, every episode after that, for the most part, was, like, bands I grew up listening to. Like, oh, you've done fucking this and that? Like, great, yeah, no problem, no question. And so it sounds like you guys had a similar experience of, like, oh, you got Dini? Yeah, sure, I'll come on, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's just been a lot of fun getting to talk to some of those people you know here i was you know a kid i kind of date myself but here i was a kid in the The 1940s (laughs) in the golden age when bob kane was first pumping out these silly books (laughs) (laughs) you know we would put them in between our bike tires and make (laughs) i grew up admiring these artists you know like Norm Brayfogle, yeah. Jim Aparo, you know, those kind of guys. Cause I really like Batman ever since I can remember. It's just really kind of surreal when you get the opportunity to talk to some of these people. Yeah. Mm. And you realize how shitty they are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how depressed they are. <laughs> They're like, man, I'm still writing these silly books but no it's really cool it's really cool so it's it's been a fun opportunity but i really love bat force sometimes we would do some of the story breakdowns like what the bat fanatic does but not as heavily and i really miss that because one it encourages me to read more yeah and keep up with a lot of the current stuff because i don't know if you know it but you know the only bat Man, story I've ever read is Dark Knight Returns, and that's the only story I read. I've read like four thousand times. Well, that's a good one. That's good. There are no other Batman stories but Dark Knight Returns. But, <laughs> no, it's cool to get different people's perspectives and insights and opinions, and that's what I took listening to your show. I was like, these guys really break it down. You know, I'm kind of on the level with Sam here. I'm just a diehard, and I don't see the flaws or anything like that. And then you got Ben and Evan giving, you know, <laughs> a more rationale perspective. And I'm like, oh, God damn it, they're right. <laughs> I was looking at my Letterboxd app last night. You know, it'll show all of the movies you've rated and what your ratings are in like a graph. Right. And mine is just a steep incline. The most common rating I've given is 10 out of 10 because I right. watch my favorite movies all the time. They're all perfect in our eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I love movies. I'm glad they exist. Thank you. <laughs> Basically, yeah. That's Oh, wow. A new Batman comic. I'm already excited, you know? I'm glad I'm not working <laughs> in the field. <laughs> so, I mean, we've kind of been chatting here for a moment, but we've mentioned on social media and on air now that 
Ben and Evan will be moving on from the show. And I really like what we do. And I was trying to think of if there's any way to continue. I thought, I don't know necessarily my friends here in town are into this stuff enough and experienced with podcasts and things, you know, because that's also a skill set. And I thought, well, I've got all these friends out there online. Like, I wonder if we could do this remotely. I hit up you, Dunk, Grumps, and Tom, all from the Bat Force. And I'm like, well, this is awkward because you guys are all (laughs) from the same show. And I'm going, hey, um, we're friends. Would you want to jump on my show? And so getting that response has been really cool. Like, I think the show is going to be me and you all the time. And as much as Dunk can come, he'll be there. And when he can't, we'll have Grumps or Tom. That's kind of what we're feeling out, I think, at this point. But you guys have have all basically stepped up to help us continue. And I'm excited because when I was just doing the Take 92 podcast and I was only really starting to dive into this stuff as a collector again, I was listening to Bat Force Radio and Fat Man on Batman and Batman the Animated Series Show podcast and sort of taking my experience with the music show and taking the things I liked about all these other shows and coming up with our own version of it. So to be here years later and we're friends and you're going to come and contribute and be part of this, that's really exciting for me to see where it's going to go now. Yeah, I mean... Well, the news was a little bittersweet because I didn't want you to lose Ben and Evan because, I mean, you, you two guys. They're dead to me now. Are, they're dead to you. <laughs> this is our Fuck corpses them. here. Yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I love you guys. I mean, thanks. That, that means a lot. Me, yeah, it's thanks, nice but, to hear you know, someone that has enjoyed it because I haven't. It, <laughs> 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 you know, when you put out the request, my response was when. Yeah. You jumped right on. It was just when he was just stepping on your corpse as fast as he could. <laughs> yeah, 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 pretty much. Just like close you know, that casket. Get Evan out of here. It's my turn. Drop the zeros. Grab a hero. <laughs> <laughs> now we can make it just full, unadulterated Batman love. No, yeah. five no out of five bias, every time. No hate. It's just unadulterated Batman love. Batman Love, I've been to that website. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Sincerely, I hope that Evan, you and Ben come visit us. You're right there locally. You might as well stop in and That's pretty true. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, I don't I'm, know. I'm, I'm moving also. Done. That's come my big announcement. I'm and you're moving to Alaska. Yeah. To, to s- get away. Isolate. Yeah. So yeah. I'm excited for uh what the future for uh, the Bat Fanatic show is. I'm very optimistic about touching on some stories that you haven't talked about. But it's funny because every time you guys do an episode, I'm like, God damn it. I wanted to talk about that. Guys. Well, it's funny. When we started, I wrote out this kind of map of like, I liked the idea of doing a show. And then I thought, well, could I even come up with enough episodes? Because again, at the time, you know, I sort of have the basics in my collection. Yeah, I have 30 episodes about the Joker. We have that. <laughs> no, but I was like, <laughs> what do I have at that time? I've got the long Halloween series and the Frank Miller stuff and, you know, just kind of the core tenets of it. And I'm like, okay, can I come up with enough episodes to have an ongoing show? So I came up with 50 
episodes that I'd like to do. And then as new things come out, we'll jump on those and, and my list will get longer and longer. And here we are over 70 and I'm like, but I want to do more. (laughs) Oh yeah. A lot more. And there's a lot of crossover stuff that I have in my collection. I'm, I'm just looking at my collection here going, man, I'd love to break down this book. What's something that you would really like to do? Yeah, say it now so we can not do it. <laughs> we're really good at mentioning a thing we're going to do and then not doing it. No, I'm just curious what piques your interest. I love when Batman gets involved with a character that's totally out of the norm, but yet when it's done right, it makes total perfect sense. I'm looking at Batman in the shadow and then shadow and Batman that DC did with Dynamite. Hmm. You know, that we've got Batman versus Predator. <laughs> I mean, you. you joke. I love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll get there. Which one? Because I think there was like. Yeah, I think parts. there's been a couple. The one I read when I was nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it impressed you in the third grade. Yeah. I don't know how it would hold up now. There's actually a long lost Bat Force radio show. We did an entire show about part one. It's like an hour and a half long. Nice. And it's never come out. <laughs> <laughs> we can't, that's kind of the inside joke is like, yep. Uh, we'll get to that one as soon as the Predator story comes out. <laughs> Here we are, three years later, still waiting on that one. Yeah, you know what? We have only done the animated version of Dark Knight Returns. So maybe season four will actually do Dark Knight Returns with you. How about that? Perfect. Yeah. I've still got my notes. Um, <laughs> and I love when you all break down the movies because, you know, these animated films, they're done so good. Sometimes I'm like, why do we even have the live action version? Because they just can keep making these animated films so good. That's true to the story. Except here recently, they kind of got a little wonky with changing some of the plot lines. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For example, Hush. Killing by Gaslight. Oh, Gotham by Gaslight. Yeah. Yeah. But I like the point that y'all made where y'all said, you know, this actually feels original. You know, they took the concept. But then they made something original where if you haven't read the title, and I'm looking at you two on the side. (laughs) um, Man, I haven't even watched the movie, technically. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you didn't even watch watch the right movie. But it'll lead you back to, okay, maybe I'll go check out the book, you know? Mm -hmm. That one was an anomaly because it was so different from the source material that they work together. But a lot of them, it'll be like, oh, well, we just changed who the big twist is in Hush right. or something. So, like, well, you, you just ruined the story. You didn't make <laughs> them, like, compliment each other. You just, well, what if we change a couple things just to make it different? Mm. And part of me, you know, because you, you saw how animated Dark Knight Returns was, and you saw how animated Year One. I mean, they were pretty much panel for panel. Yeah, word for word. Word for word, you know, there really wasn't much in the screen adaption that changed from the comic. So I'm wondering if there's like DC Warner Brothers is like, yeah, we're, we're not going to pay any more royalties to these guys. We're going <laughs> to kind of F them over and make something new out of this. We'll, we'll take the title, but, you know, we've already paid their, these guys enough. So we're going to make something new out of what they're doing. Hmm. Who knows? Maybe. Who knows? There's probably that's, tons of that. What do you mean? Who knows? You guys are the insiders. Yeah, well, there's been a lot of shifts since they sold out to uh, Discovery. Yeah. Uh, Have you guys broke down the Batman 89 comic? No. No. 
Actually, no. No, that's another great one. Yeah, we could do that this year. Will you guys do the uh, Cassandra Cain Batgirl series and Batgirl Year One and some kind of Kelly oh. Jones vampire story? If you do those three things, I would be happy. <laughs> Will you still listen? Is that what you're saying? No, yeah. no. But okay. I, mean, I just yeah. want you to do. This. If you guys could review no. Batman Forever again, <laughs> honestly, you're joking. I would listen to you <laughs> no, guys talk yeah, about that. I need, also, I need to hear job, other people's I'm, take on this stuff. So you just want us to redo old episodes with new people? Yeah, some. There's a few. Yeah. <laughs> No, but inside of Gotham and DC, there's other characters that I want to explore and and get into. No, not just Batman. You know, you want to talk Huntress. about the Joker a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I want I want to prowl around and really get into the nitty gritty with a lot of other characters because there's so many. I don't have that opportunity to talk about that as much as I want. So why not use this platform? One that I really wanted to do this year was I really enjoyed the One Bad Day series. And I remember, oh, right. I think I was talking to Ben about it. And I was like, man, I really want to, but there's like eight of them or something. Like, how do I squeeze these into, we have the season already mapped out what we're going to do. How are we going to do this? So I think season four, what I'd really like to do in the way that we kind of alternate from one thing to another is I want to spread out and do that whole anthology and then we'll mix our other titles in between and just try some different shit because that one is a really cool way to focus on all these different characters, you know, without just reading another Batman title. I've only read the Riddler. Well, perfect. That's the first one. Yeah, that one right there was just like, oh my God. That one turned me around on Tom King because I was on the fence about him and actually today is the first time we're reviewing his work for the show in a Swamp Thing short, but that Riddler one really impressed me. Yeah, Tom's an interesting writer, but you're right. There's good Tom, there's bad Tom. Bat Force Tom is bad Tom. (laughs) Actually, he's the only one of the Bat Force that we have actually met in person. The the rest of you I only know virtually. Excellent photographer. Great work. Yes. Very huggable. (laughs) I mean, he's kind of getting big time now because he's doing all these awesome bands and awesome concerts. Dude, he shot for Metallica. This this <laughs> no. summer, it's insane. That's I cool. Know. I know. He he showed me all the things that I'm like, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> you can do all that for free. It's so amazing. All the shows that I want to see out in LA for free, and I'm like, oh my god. I hate you. <laughs> I hate you. Well, now you know how I feel listening to your podcast. I'm like, you guys get to hang out with Sean Murphy and Clay Man and all these guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can come on the show and talk to these guys. Oh, you shit. Did. You hear that? See, if you, you, you get three questions. If, if you had just <laughs> invited me to join the Bat Force, then I wouldn't have had to do this shit in the first place. <laughs> you had to prove yourself for three seasons. <laughs> no, actually, what's funny is I feel for you guys sometimes when I listen because there'll be like nine of you on an episode. And I know exactly. you're, you're waiting like 20 minutes to mention something. <laughs> And the moment has long since passed, and you're like, should I still say it or not? You know? <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, speak up or do without. But uh, yeah, you're right. Sometimes in the very beginning, there was just like all of us on there. And I really felt sorry for the guests because they were just like, getting <laughs> hammered by these nine nerds. <laughs> and they're like, where's this conversation going? They're trying to promote a book. Like, so you're here to talk about your new title, and they're like, but what pizza, man? Really, what pizza is better? What? Yeah, what pizza? Which M&M do you like? Whatever. Fucking Shake What's Shack or In-N-Out? In-N-Out? Exactly. You know us too well. 
those lightning questions are old. I, I'm really trying to get into the nitty gritty of these people. I want to know really what turns their butter. Which of your two children would you sacrifice if you <laughs> yeah. had to? Um, I, I need to ask the hard hitting questions. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, man, I appreciate you coming on and doing this. We're going to go and do our final review here. I just wanted to introduce you to the guys and to our folks at home and, and let them know that, you know, we're closing this chapter on these losers. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we're still moving ahead. We're going to try to keep the thing going. And not just that, but with friends who are experienced with this stuff and, and love it just as much as me. And you guys have been doing it even longer than me. So I, I look forward to it. Well, I'm excited, and again, Ben, Evan, I love you guys, and thank you so much for everything you've done on the show. It has not gone unnoticed. I've loved every show. It's been hilarious. <laughs> Very insightful. I've actually learned from you guys. Ben, I now use your quote, God pranks with all sorts of brushes in my daily life now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, man, I was... I was on the fence about you, but now yeah. I know you're a good <laughs> fit. Flatterer. <laughs> well, you guys take care and enjoy your, your next show. Thanks, buddy. Very uh, nice to meet you. Thank you for the kind words and thank you for keeping our boy company. All right, man. I am their love child. It's going to be a rap battle. <laughs> <laughs> Did you pay him to say that stuff? I don't remember saying that. <laughs> oh, I do. That's a great quote. <laughs> Hello, welcome to the Bat Fan Addict Podcast. I'm the dark knight of rap, Sammy Warmhands. <laughs> oh, so check it out. This will be the episode. People will have heard it by now. But I spent weeks going through every rap song I've ever recorded, including unreleased songs, features I've done for other people, every album, all of it. And I have compiled every DC Comics reference that I've ever made since 2007. And I have made a supercut of all of them. How, and so I'm going to open the show with it. I stopped counting at like 50. <laughs> it ends with Spotlight from my recent album, uh, which is all like references. 12 bars yeah. straight. <laughs> so that one I just left uncut. But most of it are just like half a second at a time. And yeah. you know, it'll be like, boys, Navy. You know, Booster Gold. You know, whatever. I mean, I don't put in like, <laughs> I don't put in just, <laughs> just the words. I'll put in like a little bit of context, but. When I started doing it, they would be like two or four lines or something, you know, so you get the cool line, you mm -hmm. know, that I was going for. And then it started getting longer and longer and longer. And I'm like, I can't do that with all these. So I went and cut everything down and then I went and cut everything down again. Mm. The point is the amount of references and the how long I've been doing it. Mm. The point is not like, hey, look at me. I'm good at rapping. Like, if you want to do that, just fucking listen to the record. Yeah. <laughs> I had uh, to cut out a lot of that shit. Are they chronological? I was going to do that. I was going to start in 2007 and move to present. Yeah. And then I was like, no one will listen to this if it starts with my terrible young, <laughs> young rapping. <laughs> and so I start with the new stuff and go backwards. Mm -hmm. But then I end with Spotlight. A little sandwich? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Because I was like, there's no way that anyone's going to listen to like. I'm the goddamn Batman, a Christian Bale, and you know, like it just—it's so. I'm the goddamn Batman, yeah. <laughs> Christian Bale. It's so Howdy, bad, y'all. It's so bad in the beginning because it was just a joke, and so like I couldn't start there, but I did want to span the whole thing, and I was like, well, do I randomize it or whatever? And I just ended up going backwards, you know, which makes sense too because the new album has the whole DC Comics homage with the artwork and mm -hmm. all that. Like, I mean, there's a fucking song called Zod. I mean, it's definitely it leans in that direction. Oh, yeah, give me one of those stickers. Oh, yeah. 
the D-I-E, D-I-E. DC logo. Oh. You know, I actually made it to you, and then... Come on. <laughs> I feel like I'm just flicking cigarettes yeah. at you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so final episode just... On today's post, the first person was Carl Newman, who played Michael Keaton's double in the suit, you know, in 89. He says, well what? done to you all. Oh, wow. Unbelievably happy to be on that incredible wall, because right beside you is his autograph. I, I said, yes, it's been very fun. I've learned a lot. And he said, I'm so pleased to hear it. Uh, Pastor Batman 88 says, congrats. What an accomplishment. And... Our probably longest supporter, Austin Smith, says, guys, you will be missed. It's been an incredible run, and I've loved every minute of it. So those are some comments from today. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, I mean, I did this because it's fun to do, but it's nice hearing people who liked it. Yeah. It was entertaining. I don't know, like 50 or 60 years from now when you guys are long gone and I'll still be pretty sprightly and young. You will just be a disembodied head in a jar like Futurama. Listening (laughs) to this, I'll be like, oh, yeah, I remember... Being with those guys. I remember when other people stuff. also lived on the earth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't just this fleet of Krangs. Yeah. It's men that be me. All right. So today, the last review. I knew we had other shit to talk about. And I thought, oh, great. We'll end with a shorter one. It's a another, cataclysm. Another Christmas themed uplifting story for the end of the year. This is Swamp Thing. Talk of the Saints, also featured in Swamp Thing Winter Special and Roots of Terror. Roots of Terror. There we go. This came out in 2018, is written by Tom King, illustrated by one of my very favorites, Jason Fabok, and colored by Brad Anderson. We've talked about both with Fabok and with his work on uh, Gary Frank, uh, like the Earth One stuff. Brad Anderson, and lettered by And World Design. This is an Eisner-winning short story dedicated to Swamp Thing creators Len Wein and Bernie Wrightson, who died months apart in 2017. (laughs) Another reason I'm always like, God damn it. You know, we were just talking about how the prices have gone up so much in the last few years, and it keeps escalating. And I'm like, man, I, I got into this hobby of going to cons and meeting these guys and sketches and all this stuff. I got into it just too late. And then just now I'm like, oh man, they both died the same year. And I was even going to local cons that year. Like, man, I would have loved the chance to talk to these guys. Even found out that Len Wein also created Wolverine, Storm, Colossus, and Nightcrawler. Holy shit! It says that. At the end of the winter special? Yes. Yeah, yeah, including man. co-creating the popular he, characters. It would be cool if he, for once in his life, could like stumble upon an idea that people actually connected with and resonated. <laughs> mm. These bullshit side characters. I know, man. It's like, oh, I created Matches Malone. Congratulations. Whoa. Yeah, who's this Colossus? Us. <laughs> <laughs> never heard colossal of that. failure. Yeah, like, oh. Never heard of that guy. <laughs> I swear to God, if that character ends up in a cartoon, I'll eat my words. Colossus S? Yeah. <laughs> With a name like that. I mean, yeah. I mean, at a certain point, you got to run out of names. Yeah. So, you know, it's <laughs> bound to happen. Just put letters together randomly and see what comes out. Mizzleplick? Okay, I was trying to think of the... I didn't know how to pronounce it. But oh, we never read anything with Batmite or watched anything with Batmite. What a bummer. Yeah. I know that's not your really kind of my, Yeah, thing. exactly. Yeah. Weird uh, pixie sprite characters. Mm-hmm. Before I knew that it was Mizzleplick, because I must have heard it on something i just assumed that it was all of the letters so i just 
memorized all of the letters. M Z X Y P T P L K. Oh, you would T P L K. Wow, interesting. Yeah, I just I just assumed that I was like well, this is stupid, but <laughs> <laughs> this is a lot I of work. I guess this is what they say every time. Labor uh, intensive. I have two questions. Yes. Tell me about no. Uh, tell me about Swamp Thing's origin. He's a scientist. Okay, yeah. So Alec Holland, he's conducting these experiments. His wife is with him. There's basically some nefarious business interests, like they want to fucking. Was this created um, in the eighties, seventies, seventies. Okay. Uh, so oh, they, wow. they want to actually. It's it's the first book. The first book on my shelf. If you want to thumb through it, but basically they his want shelf to, is in alphabetical order. He just does not know the it's order. Chronological, of you bitch. Oh, okay. And so they basically <laughs> want to you know steal his. Expertise or whatever swamp magic, you know what? Yeah, whatever, I can't <laughs> remember, but science? like whatever the thing is that he's working on, it's probably and something so that'll like make things they, grow. They and come then. there and they're trying to muscle him. Yeah, it's like way before GMOs, but you know, like that <laughs> kind of a thing. They're trying to muscle him and strong arm him, and you know, ends up that there's uh, an explosion there in the lab, and he gets blown up. And so there's Alan Moore kind of changed it later. There's slightly different versions, but essentially he wakes up as this creature and eventually I think it's actually that he finds his body. He finds the corpse uh, and hmm. he's like, well, wait a second. What? I'm not? What the fuck? And so like he's not even the guy anymore. He just has his like consciousness or something. Yeah, that's weird. So it's it's very strange. And so him like trying to reconnect with you know the people that he knew and you know like Matt Cable and Abby Arcane and big enough like we mentioned um, to get a movie yeah yeah in the 80s uh, hey before fucking <laughs> all, all the MCU movies you know all these characters there was no Iron Man movie back then just Swamp Thing <laughs> but uh, it's kind of the classic superhero experiment gone wrong science transformation yeah exactly and so how did Swamp Swampy become a guy that you like reading? Uh, great question, actually. <laughs> I liked that movie when I was arrogant. a kid. And so I had... Anytime Sam gets asked a question that lets him talk more is a great question. <laughs> exactly! <laughs> He's you, finally you, figured yeah, me yeah, out. Great question. No, I... Um, <laughs> what was your childhood like? Hey, there's more. A lot more? Much more. <laughs> I, yeah, I had the movie when I was a kid, and I had the action figure and stuff. Yeah, and I had a couple. Yeah, were like cool it was like the glow-in-the-dark one and yeah. shit like that. And I think Chase had a different one than I had. And that was cool, but I never really saw the comics around, and it wasn't actually until Bat Force Tom, who you guys will be hearing on the show eventually, is talking about the 70s ones and mm -hmm. how he was obsessed with Bernie Wrightson's artwork and I was like man I don't have any comics that are that old like I kind of struggle with the the older ones mm -hmm. you know they kind of listen here kid you know like they kind of they sound corny they got shut that broad up yeah they got the like very basic color palette like I don't know and he's like I 100% guarantee you will like this mm. and <laughs> I read it and it took me a while to get through because it has a quality that's it's episodic. And so every issue is sort of like, and now we run into this other monster cool. creature thing. And now we run into this angry mob of villagers who try to take down the monster. And now we run into, and there, there's these little self-contained things that are very interesting 
And there is a thread, you know, as he fucking wanders through the world trying to find his place again. But it wasn't until I read the Alan Moore, like I have that giant absolute edition. And I just devoured that. It blew me away. Yeah, this box and looks kind of beat up. <laughs> yeah, I chewed <laughs> on it a lot. Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, and then this framed sketch right there is from the inker of that Alan Moore run, uh, John Toddleben. Smith, S-M-I-T-H. Yes. Smith. But yeah, I was lucky to find that. It's actually art from the year I was born, smack in the middle of that run. <laughs> I was very excited about that. But as I've tried to broaden this show in small ways and okay and then we're gonna do a catwoman book and we're gonna do a harley book or whatever i've tried to do that a little bit in my own reading as well with swamp thing and sin city and invincible and other things that are you might like a hundred bullets brian azarello yeah so this was one that i i really enjoyed getting into i don't know last year and it wasn't until this summer that i learned Jason Fabok drew a Swamp Thing. Hmm. And I'm like, fuck, I got to get my hands on that. Ordered it, and this first story blew me away. So with that said... I have another question. No! Why does Swamp Thing appeal to you? It's interesting. Super ugly. <laughs> yes. It's <laughs> yeah, mostly it looks like a disfigured stinks. appearance. I mean, God, we've talked about... What B Batman and we know Wolverine. why you relate to Batman. Stick to the question, please. <laughs> no, I'm saying like yeah. we talked about Batman and Wolverine and uh, some of these other like loner characters and whatever who don't belong. And part of his whole thing is like he's looking for connection, and he you know he eventually finds one in Abbey Arcane, but like kind of the world around him rejects him. And yet, as we'll get to in this story, he still has so much humanity left in him even though he's not mm. that anymore and so you'll see him in these situations that are almost like mercy killings to go back to Kevorkian that oh. we were talking about on the previous episode he realizes the situation he's in but he takes no joy in doing it and mm. you'll see him stand up for people who are being taken advantage of you'll see him uh fight off a mob who's trying to burn this lady as a witch or some shit like that, mm -hmm. you know? And in this one, he's defending the child. And I don't know. I think that he's got an interesting duality of his own. Nice. Have you read any of his stuff before? Mm -mm. Ben? I've only seen him as like a heavy hitter character a in cameo. other Storio, Stor mm -hmm. Storios. <laughs> oh, what the hell? Goodbye. Um, ben wants Oreos. <laughs> no, I mean, the one that immediately comes to mind is the Batman and Harley movie where I feel like it ends yeah. in the swamp. But he's like that. He's usually he like... He shows up at the end and he's 70 feet tall. He's like a god-tier character and mm -hmm. he shifts the tides. There's some other like alternate universe story I remember reading, I think, where he was played some big part in it where either he was dead or the swamp was evil or I don't know, something wild like that. Oh, but, you so know that's what? where I normally see him. I'm remembering now um, that Bronze Age collection was not the first Swamp Thing book I got. It was Swamp Thing Green Hell was a black label series i think it was jeff lemire or lemire i don't know how to pronounce his name and doug mank or manky i don't know how to say anyone's names oh my god you fucking moron have you tried reading <laughs> yeah i can read it but i never heard anyone say it out loud but anyway it was those two guys and the first issue was crazy it was like these villagers in alaska or some shit and it's kind of a post-apocalyptic thing where there's hmm. not a lot of humans left and this 
thing comes and starts just wiping them out, you know, and they call on him as a protector hmm. to come back and fight. And uh, it's it's very interesting. And yeah, I mean, I'd seen him pop up in little like Poison Ivy related things here and yeah. there. I thought, wow, this first issue is insane. It's really gnarly. The artwork was crazy. And then around the same time, I'm talking to Tom and he's like, oh, you got to check out the original. That's mm. where you have to start. Awesome. Well, I was going to ask if you guys were at all familiar, but what was your first impression of this short story? Uh, uh, so we, we haven't talked about Fabok since Three Jokers, I don't think. And we haven't talked about Tom King ever before. And we haven't talked about Swamp Thing at all. So this is a lot of new stuff today. Uh, I, was, I thought like, well, this is weird. How's this going to go? I like Tom King. I, as I've said many times, I've read all of the Snyder run. And then since I had it on DC Unlimited, I just kept going and switched to his run. Yeah. So not only did I not like the bat suit in his version, but at least at the beginning, it's like the weird kind of yellow design. It's not bad. It was just such a the rebirth shift. design. I like that design. Is that the With the, pur- the purple and the yellow border on the logo? I thought there was a second a design that comes after that, but maybe, maybe I'm confusing is. it. Something in there was weird, and then I just didn't connect with the way he wrote Batman. Until, and I've said before, it's the end of jokes, jokes, and riddles. jokes and Riddles. Just like that conclusion is just really, really cool. It's a neat look at both the Riddler and the Joker, especially up to that point, because I was like not sure how I felt about his version of those characters. Yeah. But his justification for it in the story, why they're different, really clicked. And then all the Catwoman, Batman stuff, I love. I love that the yeah. romance element in their stuff. Did you read the 13-issue Black Label run that follows that with nope. uh, Clayman? Uh-oh. It's really good. I think I mentioned it on one of our last sessions that I, I just binged it in one sitting. It was uh, <laughs> really, really held my attention. So I didn't know what to expect with this. It was just like, where's Jesus going to come into this? You can't have a Christmas story without Jesus. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's same. See how this goes. I don't have any kind of preconceptions or anything. Just like ground zero. Take really, it for what it is. Yeah the the art is really nice. I uh, felt confused most of the time. Which is a feeling I actually like in comic books. And that's not a joke. I mean, I like, in general, I'd rather err on the side of not knowing enough versus having too much spelled out for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that's one of the more interesting things about this is you are given no context except the little kid's commentary Mm -hmm. explaining to our protagonist what happened before. And so by the time you start to piece it together, to me, I I thought that was really satisfying. There's a Rick and Morty episode that this reminds me of. And I feel like there's also been Star Trek episodes maybe where it's like that where the episode starts and they're like, who's this character acting all chummy with all these characters I've seen for years? And then that's the reveal later on is like they've inserted themselves in it or something or they weren't always there. Mm. Right. So that gave me a little bit of those vibes of like where you just dropped right in the middle of the story. Yeah. But I don't know who, like, oh, this is little Richie, who's in every Swamp Thing story. Like, I have no, no context totally. for that. No, yeah, this is a totally isolated thing. Swamp Thing, Billy fell down the well. <laughs> I will mention, though, that I read his dialogue sort of like Andy Circus plays Caesar in I the Planet of the Apes we movie. Do this. Well, because they use a lot of ellipses and he takes a lot of pauses because it's not natural for him to speak. And so he struggles to, is like, I am afraid, you know, or whatever uh, his thing that he's trying to say is always going to come out in segments. I hear it like that's Lord Humongous. In very plain language. The Road Warrior. <laughs> I am the monster. Well, Just walk away. 
<laughs> just uh, what's with the football intro and outro? That's just weird Tom King shit. Um, yeah. I don't love it. Well, on that note, it opens with three pages of four-panel landscapes. We focus on a falling leaf in the swamp, and the sun is quickly eclipsed by the snow before it gets so heavy that it obscures even the word bubbles. And this is a great choice by either And World Design or Brad Anderson. I don't know, but I love the way it Richard kind of Starkings. eats up. Yes, it's always Richard <laughs> Starkings and comic craft. Every time. But the way it sort of eats up the narration there is great. And the only words we get here is from some unseen football announcer. He's interviewing a player who talks about losing in the second half. Like felt like there was some kind of monster out there. And then it cuts to Metallica, some kind of monster. <laughs> and uh, the, the words just gradually fade away at that point. And the first big reveal is a splash page of Swamp Thing carrying this child through a blizzard. Cool shot. Wendigo. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Swamp Thing versus Wendigo. I'd read that. Mm. And there's nothing around them but white on all sides, like the movie Get Out. And I have seen Swamp Thing in a lot of different places because, again, the episodic nature of he's always on some new fucking place. But this, just with the washed-out snow, felt very fresh to me. He must get around. He yeah. does a lot of walking. He gets his steps in. It just yeah. makes me think of, like, the TV Hulk. Like, you know, hitchhiking to the next town for the next <laughs> adventure. <laughs> the next corrupt lumber mill to take down or whatever he did. <laughs> this is my actual note. You said lumber mill. They continue lumbering through the storm, and we skip ahead where they've stopped to rest. The boy says, you're not a monster after all. Monsters do bad things, like the snow monster who caused this. That's a nice Tom King line. I like his monsters are bad things who do bad things. Yeah, exactly. But Swamp Thing cannot feel the green, which is sometimes they get more into this, the, but there's the parliament of flowers and the green. It's kind of their version of the forest with nature, you know? Mm-hmm. And Poison Ivy stories will touch on this as well. But Swampy cannot feel the green through all this snow, and he can't remember how he even got there. As they're talking, the artwork is stealing this show as he breaks off his own hand and rubs his fingers to start a campfire. I fucking, even, I saw you looking at that page earlier, and I was like, I fucking love that part. (laughs) The next day, they're walking again. This kid is strapped to his back like Yoda on Dagobah. Somebody mentioned Dagobah. I mentioned Dagobah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like Star Wars, guys. I've never heard of it. And he tells the story of how... It's like a second-tier Star Trek. Okay, got it. He tells the story of how the storm started. He was in the swamp with his family, the boy, and that's when the snow monster came. He was separated from his parents, but Swamp Thing saved him, and they started running. He says, that was only the first time you fought him. Later, they come across an angry bear. Swampy places himself between the bear and the child, so when it lunges... He lands on his back. And the boy is safe. That panel is sick with the three-quarter with the bear in the foreground and 
swampy in the back. Yeah, that whole sequence is just so effective to me. When he lands on his back and the bear's chomping at his face, you know, he's holding his jaws. He says, basically, I'm sorry, friend. I do not have another way to return you to where you belong. But when the snow melts and you become one with the green, I will return and guide you home. So again, like, you're trying to kill us. I have no choice. But I don't want to do this. Well, there's a, and I don't. The end of that this. line, which he also says later, which I really like, which mm-hmm. is, you'll have to take the longer path. Yes. Which mm-hmm. is just an interesting way of putting it. Is that like part of his character or his role? Does he act as like... He deals with other worlds. Like, I didn't know He's who, like the ferryman. Of the river Styx? Yeah. Someone who guides you from this realm to yeah, the next. Yeah, in, oh. in, in Greek mythology, you have this ferryman that you pay mm-hmm. and he... So is that is he like? I thought you were calling him gay. I mean, no. yeah, the fairy man. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, fairy man. I, from I, Greeks, you know, from Greece, the fairy man. Is he like the entity that passes? Well, I feel like the plant stuff is part of that because plants eat all decaying matter and everything. So he, exactly, just, we even witnessed that. that later on, you know. But I think that this world also uses characters like John Constantine and Etrigan and ah. you know th- those type of so we're we're definitely like going from the human world to the green to the spirit world and beyond mm-hmm. in Swamp Thing mythology. Well and so overall does this fit with the vibe of Swamp Thing where like who the villain who the monster turns out to be and what the resolution is that like a is this a Swamp Thingy kind of story or is this I haven't actually read any modern Swamp Thing books Aside from this, well, these two collections that the story is featured in, I don't have anything else beyond these. I would say that the older ones, they tend to focus on his rivalry with Arcane and the villain of the month that pops up but in small time the guys like you know a evil businessman or is it like also supernatural creatures? Yeah, definitely entities? supernatural creatures. And I think that this is clever to me just in the way that it unfolds is much different because a lot of them they're more obvious threats they're more on the nose you know Mm -hmm. and uh i don't know honestly doing this episode made me want to go back and read my alan moore book again because it's been maybe a year since i read it honestly so i just burned through my all my sin city books and i'm caught up on everything that i have now and so after doing this episode i was like man i should go back into that nice. that Swamp Thing stuff again. Re- refresh my memory because I really enjoyed it, especially on those giant absolute pages. Mm. He really skewers this bear with his chest boner. Yeah, these two pages are just heartbreaking <laughs> as he you know, holds his mouth and so he can't bite his face and he extends this giant vine blade thing through his chest and into the bear and through the back of his neck and lifeless, this bear falls on top of him it's like and the bear gradually pan out yelling too. Ah! Yeah, it's yeah, he's not making bear sounds. He's screaming like a man. My family. Yeah. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> I'm almost offended by making jokes at this moment cuz this is like a, a a sad part in the story for me. I don't like animals bear's going to eat hard. that kid. When he checks to make sure that the boy is safe, he says, "You saved me. See? You're not a monster." As they move forward, he asks the boy why they're going this way. The boy tells him, it was your idea to find somewhere that was still green 
so you could connect with the plants again. Swampy hears this, but he cannot remember. They come across a bunch of human corpses, and there is one survivor. He tells him, relax, friend, I will help you. The guy rolls over with a shotgun and blows his fucking head off. The guy now draws on the child in a scene that could have very well been the inspiration for Yellow Jackets on Showtime, popular show this year. He says, the kid has a lot of meat on him. It's not that he isn't sorry, it's that the snow just does something to us. <laughs> right? Makes you hungry. Makes so me want to eat children. <laughs> yeah. Which, if you haven't watched Yellow Jackets, the pitch of the show like a Lord of the Flies kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah, there's like lesbian a, cannibals. Like, yeah, basically, there's like a plane crash, and then they fucking eat each other to survive, <laughs> and then they fast forward to the, you know, they adults kill each other and eat each other, cells. or they eat the dead them. Uh, yes. Okay. The opening shot of that show is like some crazy, like oh god, they have gotten insane. They're wearing these crazy like fucking witchcraft outfits and uh, shit and they're setting traps and murdering and all this shit and through two whole seasons of the show they never get that far in the story and I'm huh. like fuck you guys I hate this because <laughs> uh, they just never deliver the thing that they I just I just want to know so I can stop watching it <laughs> I just want to know how they got that far <laughs> did the show get cancelled? no it's still going there's going to be a third season there's still some great acting in it Juliette Lewis in particular is great, and the young cast is awesome too. But uh, yeah, it drags for sure. Anyway, this is one of my favorite parts because as the guy, he's got the gun on the kid, he's making his little speech in the foreground, Swamp Thing stands up behind him and gradually reforms his head in each panel mm. before apologizing yet again. I am sorry, sir, but I do not have a way to return you home, so you must take the longer way. What? No! Cut to the Dixie Chicks. A montage now shows them traveling for days on end. The boy keeps talking about their battles with the snow monster, but he still can't remember. Eventually, they're washed away in an avalanche. He frantically digs to find the boy in the snow, pulling him out and holding him in his arms to keep warm. It is all right. You are safe. Later, the boy's foot is blackened with frostbite. Understandably, the boy says, you are a monster, when Swampy turns himself into a saw and cuts off the foot to save his life. Over a campfire, Swampy grows berries from his hands to feed the boy, who says, we'll never beat him, you know. The swamp will never come back. Swamp Thing says, the green will return. I promise everything will not always be snow. I feel like this is just story hour now. Yeah, I mean, the, the, there's yeah, not a I lot. Like, yeah. There is not a lot. The, the meat of like the idea is at the very end. Yeah. And it sort of teases at the beginning with the whole monster thing. I guess this is a con, I would say. This is very clearly <laughs> a standalone. And so without foreknowledge of the character and yeah. familiarity, it doesn't carry the weight it would otherwise. Sure. Yeah, I feel like I'm uh, tuning into a dream that can only make sense for the person having the dream. Well, yeah, I think that's that. a great way of summarizing it, and that's kind of why it's interesting, though. I'm like, out of here! Yeah, you, <laughs> you, really don't know, you really don't know what's going on because our main character doesn't know what's going on. Mm. Another montage shows Swamp Thing getting weaker 
stumbling through the snow with the boy on his back. In these little vignettes, he tells the boy about his life, about the accident, how he tried to show with his actions that he is not the monster that people see on the outside. In this nine-panel page, this kid looks like he's got two feet. Yes. I will come back to that. All right. But yes. It was all a dream. <laughs> used to work. Super Nintendo Sega Genesis. Eventually, Swamp Thing collapses in the snow saying, I'm sorry, over and over. He's in a full Christ pose looking withered and emaciated. The boy says, you can't give up. He's still out there. And as they forge ahead, the boy says, my dad is gone. That I know. But maybe you could be my dad, even pretend dad. Then you wouldn't be a thing. You'd be my dad. Swamp dad. Yeah. They keep walking and walking. And finally, with the boy on his back, he falls again right on his face. Again, he says, I'm sorry. I cannot carry you anymore. And with tears in his eyes, he continues to say, I cannot because you are the monster. That's a beautiful two-page spread. Yes. That far back zoom where it's just the two of them facing each other. Yeah, that is awesome. Swamp Thing continues to say that he doesn't know how long they've been doing this, but he knows that it would take years for his body to deteriorate like this and that the child would have long ago died in these conditions. He must have tried to forget, tried not to act, but to bring back the green, you have to kill the monster. And I think this right here ties into what you were just saying of like, well, wait, doesn't he have two feet there? You know, And so mm-hmm. I think he's going like, I can't keep denying this to myself any longer. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that you have the face of this child, but there's no way you aren't the source of this as well. Mm-hmm. You know, what, Whatever this is, it's not reality. Yeah. Well, it almost too seems like the goal, the monster is like, just keep going because then Swamp Thing is his protector while he spreads this everywhere they go. So he's like, oh, you got to keep going further. Oh, just a little further. Go yeah. run from it. Let's go. Well, not just that, but like hmm. the longer he keeps him going in this environment, then the weaker he gets. And that's, I mean, how else are you going to defeat a guy who's already who's already dead and yeah. <laughs> basically hmm. can deteriorate and re, you know, birth in, from nature, you know? Well, you see it in the beginning because, I mean, the story starts in like a wooded area mm-hmm. and it only becomes snowy when Swamp Thing shows up. Mm-hmm. The boy begs him not to kill him, saying, you protected me and kept me warm. Swampy says he doesn't remember much, but he does remember caring for the boy very deeply and feeling that he himself wasn't such a monster for that. But you did what a monster does. You show me that though I try, I am like you. Now, always the monster. During these last words, he tearfully hugs the boy and then appears to snap his neck. Still hugging, they lie on the ground together as the snow melts away, and so does the boy's body. Over the final pages, Swamp Thing dissolves into the earth, and as the green returns, so do his roots, and eventually his body. As he walks back into the swamp, the sports radio resumes. They say that the player's excuse that it was just a monster out there was bullshit. There's no such thing as monsters. If you want someone to blame, look in the mirror. The only monster out there is you. And there's the dedication now to Len Wein and Bernie Wrightson. Short to the point, but effective. I've never seen 
Tom King that like stripped down, you know, he seems to be a very wordy guy, like yeah. the intro and outro. Definitely. And likes to be very obtuse, I think. Like Scott Snyder's a wordy ass writer, right? But yeah. like, I don't know, sometimes Tom's is like, no one would say this out loud. Yeah, I think you can tell when people are reaching sometimes. Like, this just isn't natural. Yeah. Uh, nobody would choose to use these words. Yeah. Swamp Thing would. Yeah, Swampy would. <laughs> he chooses few words, which I just got tired of writing Swamp Thing over and over, so I started saying Swampy. So oh, I don't know. Why use many word when few word do? <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I didn't want to just start calling him Alec, you know. <laughs> then Dr. Holland carried the child. Yeah, the only thing I had in Easter eggs was just that they do a good job of concealing it for the following pages. It said Bill after, Finger National Forest. Stop. That's where they were in. But after he cuts off the foot, they do a good job of hiding it and only showing the kid waist up in the next few pages. Uh-huh. And so you don't notice that it's there the whole time. And it wasn't until later in a farther back shot that you were like, wait a second. He has both legs in the He's air. standing. Yeah. <laughs> so... Quick pros and cons on this guy. I mean, it's an interesting idea, and it runs through the whole thing where he kills the bear not because he wants to, but the bear is a danger to them, so he has to do it. He kills the man for the same reason. Yeah. And at the end, he kills the boy because the boy is doesn't seem like he's trying to do this, but he's just kind of like a destructive parasite. And he's like, parasite's a good way to put it. Yeah. yeah. The only the only way out of this is I have to kill you, and that makes me bad. I guess I'm bad, sort of, but I have to do this. It would be interesting if like. Punchline had her little origin story in the 80th anniversary Joker special. It was just a little short. It was like her in her dorm or whatever and like her first killing. You know, then that led into her own spinoffs and stuff. And I think she had been utilized in the the main Batman title a little bit. But just to have that one little short and then now she gets her own spinoff as well. I would kind of like to see this more developed of like, where did this come from? How did it start? What actually happened? Well, that was my question about like, is this par for the course? Cause like, is Swamp Thing constantly dealing with like weird supernatural mysteries? Like a, an, almost like an X-Files thing or something like the that? The so, ethereal plane? Yeah. Cause I can, I mean, I get what, what the, the villain of this character or the villain of the story was. It's some kind of weird winter spirit or something like that. Yeah. This seems like the kind of thing where a, character bonks their head and then this is the representation of them like coming out of it. The, right. the kid is trying to keep him in a coma or something uh, like that. But like we the, started the story halfway through or something? Yeah, we, I, I just didn't see him bonk his head. So I'm just in this dreamscape. And yeah, the kid represents him staying in whatever state he's in. Yeah. But him ridding himself of the child is him and waking up his body sure. and yeah. undoing the coma or something, but I, that's not what it is. Yeah. Could be that. I, I mean, yeah. It's- I will say I also tried watching the, uh, and it's it, hard to find too, so I had to actually buy a copy on eBay, but the Swamp Thing series that was made for DC Universe, like right before it became HBO Max, mm-hmm. it looks awesome, but it's terrible. It's like they cast a great, person for Peter Weller yeah no for Abby Arcane you know the main girl in it but they just it's like a bad TV drama like Mm -hmm. you know CW kind of Mm -hmm. thing that then has occasional 
awesome scenes. You know, we never got to doing the show Gotham, but a little bit like that. She, actually, the woman is from Gotham. If I remember, she's the same one who played Sophia Falcone. I don't know, but that show Gotham will be like the campiest, dumbest shit you've ever seen, and then cut to like something fucking awesome. And I'm like, what? Make up your mind. <laughs> My biggest problem Which with Gotham you? was the, uh, what as I've complained before, the fucking Muppet baby shit of like, and you were there and you were there and you, like all these characters, they don't all have to be there, all connected, <laughs> all as yeah, children. Yeah. Like some things can happen naturally later. <laughs> that, but then also the characters that were original or unique to this show or seem to be, I thought were dumb and like not. Well, good I wanted additions. to read the Fish Mooney origin story, but they were sold out because she's so popular. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's the prime example, but there are others. Yeah. And I'm just like, Wait. Deadshot comes in and he says, Keep my fucking wife's name <laughs> out your fucking mouth. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> Me, my prose is just incredible artwork. I love the simplicity of this story, an excellent payoff at the end, a great twist. And as I mentioned, when you asked why I like the character, I think that this is a good example of still his humanity shining through despite the circumstances. He's never hardened by the things that he goes through or the things he has to do. Where does mm -hmm. he sit on the trifecta? <laughs> the detective ninja trauma? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, good callback for the final episode. I just wanted to work it in there. Only you can answer this because we, <laughs> <Are very, laughs> we aren't experienced enough. He's been through a lot. I'd say a lot of trauma. Not much of a detective. And he was a scientist? Yes. I guess that's sort of de detective-y. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No ninja. I mean, Smarts. I would say if any sort of detective element, it would be trying to piece his life together and, and what happened, How you know, and like here. discovering his own body and that, that kind of shit, you know, mm. it, definitely more of a self-discovery. But, mm. but yeah, I mean, there will definitely be times where like, oh, he gets fucking kidnapped by these people and then he's chased by those people and there's, there's times where he has to figure out what the fuck is even hey, happening anymore hey, stocky gentleman six foot three not particularly fit looking punches him in the stomach and he just tumbles over <laughs> and then they wrap him up and kidnap him so yeah nothing much to it but i was really pleased to find this one i thought oh fabok gotta check it out it's definitely pretty swamp thing Pretty. Yeah, yeah, right. He's lovely. I mean, I like the design. I like the weirdness of it. Like the, Shut the, up. This winter special. It's a collection of short stories. And usually when you get, like I mentioned, Joker 80th anniversary or something like that, there will be one or two memorable ones and the rest of them are okay. I've purchased enough of those sort of anthologies or whatever you call them. And this one, just as being the lead story in it, I was like, fuck, that is really cool. Hmm. You know, I've been selling stuff on eBay. But I had some smaller figures that they're not really worth much, and I just traded them into the local comic shop, and that's how I got this uh, uh, the Roots of Swamp thing or whatever. I mm. forgot the name again. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, I grabbed that, and it was so good, I had to pick up the uh, the winter special because I would love to get that one signed by Jason Fabok someday. Nice. Writing on this one, I know it's very brief. Art for... <laughs> level of confusion, five. <laughs> <laughs> The end. Okay. okay. I was going to say, like, story two. Not because it's bad, but just there's nothing there. It's, yeah. this is a little vignette. It's a bunch of dialogue that doesn't really mean anything to me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to me, the intro and outro are the only parts that are like, if, if you're I really can, forcing this. I just need one more 
slightly different take of the Waynes being killed. And this would have been <laughs> the prime story to experience that from a new perspective. Yeah, yeah. Tie Swamp Thing into the Batman universe. He was a little dandelion growing in that alley where they were murdered. <laughs> oh, he the blood it. made him blossom? Yes, exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nice. Okay, well, you know, now I feel like I, I missed the mark a little bit because... Strong we, ending. <laughs> very, very appropriate. <laughs> not only are we ending the season, right? In our previous seasons, we ended with not previous season, but like the, the end of uh, the year, right? It was Batman mm. Noel. That was Christmas Batman Eve. Returns. And then we did War on Crime, Alex Ross, Paul Dini, right? That was a short one as well. It was self-contained. And that was a good Christmas end of the year thing. And then I was like, all right, you know, this one, I've been struggling to think of what would be a good uh, wintry thing to end the season. I haven't recommended Perfect. like Batman and Son or this something one's short. like that. Yeah, you shared in the group. Was, um, oh, the, the it was the doom, the, little... the doom that came to Gotham. <laughs> no, no, it was that like merry little Batman Christmas or whatever yeah. the fuck. Yeah, um, oh. I, I don't think that's out yet. It also looks terrible. But I thought, oh yeah, fucking this is a good one. It's short. I'm realizing now it's too short. But we had other things to talk about. Oh, by the way, yeah, for me, just uh, stumbling across this, it was an easy five. I just love it so much. But uh, as we discussed, that is my way. Yeah. Um, mm. So happy to be alive and that these talented artists <laughs> have made these You get a five and you get too. a five. <laughs> as, we, uh, as, as we wrap this up for our final episode, I just wanted to pull a couple of these up here. These are our, our iTunes reviews. Fun and engaging podcast with great material from real Batman fans' perspective. And I'm sure that means me. And, um, <laughs> yeah, who are they talking to? Uh, this one says, my favorite Batman pod on the internet. These guys have a great sense of humor. They talk about the good, the bad, and everything in between. Whether it Bat Fanatic Bingo, Edgelord Joker, Sam's Cat making noise in the background, they always keep your attention. Their admiration and knowledge of Bat content is second to none, which does not extend to our Swamp Thing knowledge. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the pod truly feels like a hangout with the bros. So that's cool. The team knows what they are talking about. They do their research and have great opinions. Every episode is entertaining and fun to listen to. Sammy is a true fan. There you go. And able to hold his own in any discussion. Can you read the one-star one, please? Do you guys want to read any of these? I want to read the one-star one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, bring your mic over here. Sorry, guys. I really wanted to like this. But the dirty language and dick jokes in the first 10 minutes just wasn't for me. Why does every podcast have to feel like they need to curse and have foul language to be cool and funny? Just stick to the subject, not my cup of tea. Wish there was more clean podcasts. Which is great because this is like an indictment of the world around him and not anything to do with us. He's just like one more fucking nail in the coffin of <laughs> modern discourse. We can't have anything clean and respectable. Pick me a good one. Here's, here's one. Wow. From Birdman Zero, Bird with a Y, best Batman show. My favorite bat podcast out there. The three hosts have great chemistry and it's very entertaining listening to their takes on the different stories. Would love to hear you guys review Bruce Wayne Fugitive. Sorry. Not going to happen. Yeah. I like Bruce Wayne Fugitive. <laughs> I will tell you, Bruce Wayne Fugitive is like many long arcs where it starts out really cool with a really good idea. And by the halfway to three-quarter point, you realize they have to fold it back into a serialized story, and it just becomes pointless and disconnected. But a great premise and They're a great like, first daisy. half of the story. <laughs> You're like, nice try, guys. Oh, Good effort. Oh, I forgot what we were doing here. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Birdman Zero. 
Do you guys want to read any more of these? Are there any more one-star reviews? I like the bad ones. Yeah, that's uh, no, so just the bad ones. Because ah, that was that. That was like one, the first week. We that was, were yeah, doing that was pretty early on. That <laughs> was the one we got in. Yeah, first season that we never fully recovered. We're still at like a four point eight because of that one guy. That guy still hasn't found the podcast he's looking for. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't sports exist, ones, buddy. They just God, I listen to the Blues Clues ones. The guy's still like, "This is my favorite fucking episode." Where Steve goes to the mailbox <laughs> and we finally see that fucking mailman. One dicks, two dicks. <laughs> Three dicks. Ah, 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 ah. i say again, I'm glad that people who listened to this and liked it did. I liked the format of like, when I listen to podcasts, I just want company. Right. I want it to, I want to be entertained. I want to be like hanging out with people who do all the talking and I don't have to. <laughs> That's why I like podcasts. So, so you like hanging out with me. Yeah, I can go. So what did Swamp Thing do for you? Talk for a while. Tell me about that. How? First of all. Okay, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to step out. You just roll. <laughs> Actually, one thing I've noticed about this show is that you can listen to it critically or you can have it on in the background and I don't necessarily enjoy it any less either way. You know, there are times when I'm following along the story in my head and that was, that was kind of the idea for why we started going more and more into story stuff heavily because I think in the first few episodes we were just kind of winging it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I used to really like going to Kevin Smith's Fat Man on Batman, uh, or I would go to the movie premiere for whatever it was, you know, Iron Man, Batman v Superman, whatever. And then the next day at work, I'd listen to his play-by-play review, and it's like I get to watch the movie in my head again. Sure. And it's so fun, and I hear all their different observations, and then I'd, I'd go back and watch it again with all that new information, and I feel like I'm seeing it with completely fresh perspective. And that was really fun for me. And I love when people say, like Gramps said, like, oh yeah, make me go and read that book that you guys talked about because it sounded cool. I had an artist the other day, uh, his page is uh, Art in Motion. His name is Dan. He's a very good artist. I followed him. He followed me. And he's like, man, I got to read Lonely City. That was a great episode, you know? So Hmm. I think that shit's really cool. But for me, it's really fun as a companion to the thing. Yeah. To like, mm-hmm. oh man, I get to watch it and then I get to hear all these other perspectives on it. But it's also something you can just put on while you're doing the dishes or whatever and listen for the laughs. Mm-hmm. You know, What I try not to do is make it a serious slog that's, you know, <laughs> we're going to do a deep dive analysis of the fucking Dark Knight for three hours. Like keep- that sounds tedious, mm-hmm. but... It's only three hours because we keep interjecting with fucking humor. In traditional Jungian psychology, <laughs> this character would be known as the, the... And if we look at and we examine closer... Yeah, if we could get a little more NPR, that would be great. Jungian. But yeah, guys, it's been fun. Like I said, you know, even including all of my shows and other things I do in my life... This is always the one thing, aside from maybe doing homework sometimes to, to prep for the show, where I genuinely always look forward to it. It's never like, oh, I got to do the podcast today. I don't want, it's like, yeah, okay, that's going to be fun though. At least it's homework on a subject that you really like. Well, yeah, I think the hard thing for me is the detailed story analysis. Writing the story again? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it can take me three times as long to do it. Well, and honestly, the chore of this show, for anyone who listens, is 
Well, I don't know what the chore of the show is for the listeners, but... (laughs) Listening. (laughs) For anyone who's listening, the hard part of the show is post-production. You know, we do a lot of prep ahead of time to make sure we're prepared. And then there's a lot of stuff that comes afterward that's not just making the little artwork for the fucking promo, but especially editing. You know, the editing is... I would say probably an average of six to eight hours per episode, maybe more on these longer ones, like the last one you heard that was, I think, three and a half hours at the the raw cut, you know? To me, that's what makes the show what it is, is the pacing of it. You got better at it as it went on too, especially with the addition of... um DJ style interjections and the samples. Yes, yeah, actually I like the that. thing we're referring to. That makes it fun. Yeah, I like that too. And there were times I mean, you're still when bad, but you got better at it. Thanks. But on the first season, we had Jacob Weirin as my assistant editor, so he would do a pass because I was doing both podcasts at the same time, and so he would do a pass over it and take out all the obvious shit, or somebody leaves the room for a minute, or you know any of that kind of stuff. And then I would go through and cut out the little stuff. But I mean. One of the episodes I looked and there was like a thousand cuts on one episode, you know, and so... Death by a thousand cuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there's a bunch of little tiny things and sometimes I talk like swamp thing (laughs) for some reason. And it's just natural conversation. It just happens. And so, you know, it's just shortening up those little things and it's like so often as people are talking, we will say the premise of what we're going to say but we're still working it out in our heads Mm. and so put in some filler and then we circle back and we say the thing that we just said half of and so I'll take the starting point and I'll cut it in the middle of one of the words Uh. and splice it with the second time you said it and now I have one salient point right (laughs) as before I was like I fucking like the thing with the writing, you know, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and this is strictly for me as a listener. It's something that bothers me when I listen to other people's podcasts that are just raw fucking push play and mm. let it go. I get bored. And in fact, editing the show for so long, when I listen to other people's shows, they'll stand out like, oh, there's an edit, there's an edit, there's an edit. Like, you're not doing any of this shit, guys. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I want it to feel fast-paced and fun, and I don't want... Even though it was neither of those things. <laughs> right. But, you know, I don't want... We've talked about, like, okay, you can watch a three-hour movie that feels like a three-hour movie, or you can watch one that doesn't. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, man, that, that was actually really good. It kind of left me wanting more. I would always prefer <laughs> that. I like that we've done longer episodes over the years but I don't want it to feel like that. And I don't want you to tune out halfway through. Well, mm. I, I had a friend who did say that, um, and he's not really a Batman guy. I think he probably listens to true crime podcasts or something. But he was like, yeah, I liked it. It was just, sometimes it felt a little long. Mm. And I think it's because he was not approaching it that way, the way I approach a podcast. He's like, I want like, you know, a concise to the point discussion about a thing that's over in an hour or less. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm like, I want to sit in a room with people that make me laugh for what? Ideally, the entirety of my work day would be yeah, nice yeah, yeah. for all these yeah. things you have to do. Like, I don't care. I can pause it and I'll come back later. Yeah, there's times I'll go through five podcasts in a day or something because I just burn through Conan O'Brien needs a friend yeah. and keep me distracted from this fucking life, you know. Yeah. And so, yeah, I like the longer episodes, but I always want it to feel fast-paced and engaging. 
don't want it to stall like me stammering right now. The hardest part for me was mastering those impressions at the beginning of every episode and the Robin one at the end because everyone <laughs> thinks those are the actors, but for it to be me is really impressive. And I don't think it. I get enough credit for that. Yeah, you have done exemplary voice work on the show okay. and you did a good job of recording it in various environments. So it was convincing that they were all separate recordings. Yes, Your newest exactly. uh, Harley Quinn oh, yeah. uh, impersonation is <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Top, I won't, top uh, tier. Thomas and Jerry said hi. Yeah. You did really good. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, sure, I'll you. never see either of you again. Yeah, well, this is the um, last time we'll talk, but I'll just say, stay cool, <laughs> chill, guys. <laughs> Actually, what was really funny, I'm going to say this on the show, Gramps hit me up the other day, and he's like, man, I was thinking about some of the possibilities, what we could do for season four, and he's like, you know, since you and I are both musicians, you know, maybe we could talk about the film scores, you know, a little bit, and, you know, some of the stuff that maybe you couldn't have done with your co-hosts. And I was like, I'm going to let you in a little secret. <laughs> We're all friends because we played music together for 15 years. Yeah. And he's like, I did not know that. I feel like an asshole. I'm like, no, no, like, we don't really mention it, but we weren't friends through Batman like yeah. I am through you. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah. like, I know those guys through Batman. I know you guys through music, and this mm -hmm. just happened to work out. Thanks for listening, everybody. It's been a fun ride. Evan disagrees. He just... No. He just he holds out. He's like, I'm ready five, to leave. No. We had a short review. I'm ready to go. How long are we going to drag this out? And the answer is, I don't know. You know, I just hate goodbyes. The end. Batman Forever card. Never leave home without it. <laughs> Wrong movie. <laughs> what? That was a Clooney, not a Kilmer. But isn't the card Batman Forever... Oh, like that's what was written on the credit it. card, Batman Forever or something like that. I see. Well, mm. here's me not looking it up because I don't care. <laughs> here's me looking it up because I do care. I'm going to feel like anytime I mention Schumacher in the future, Evan's just going to show up and be like, what? What? You talking about my favorite? Hey, those are the episodes I'll come back for. We're we watching Lost <laughs> Boys now? Hey, you're right. It does say forever. It does. Suck wow. uh, fucking idiots. The end. <laughs> says Batman, good through. Forever. Oh, oh there Goth go. card. There you go. It's the expiration date. Yes. Forever. Well, hey, then you would have a great memory when you're like buying something online and it's like expiration date. What's the code on the back? Yeah, like, I remember mine. It's 6038-4236-5039-03. And the security code is 673 expiration date 926. Can you read your billing address, please? Uh, yes, it's 1313... <laughs> <laughs> if that was improv it was good yeah and if it wasn't I did not just read my you're gonna regret <laughs> that i am not cutting that part out all right that is a wrap on season three thank you guys so much for supporting three seasons and four years of this show and a sincere thanks to ben and evan my dear dear friends for volunteering so much of their time and energy when I'm saying, watch this thing that I want you to watch and read this thing I want you to read and trust me, I'll figure it all out. And so it's been nothing but a joy to hang out with these guys and bullshit about this stuff. I do want to tell you, I've got an outline for season four written. I'm getting together with Gramps and Dunk, also from Bat Force Radio, and we're coming up with how we're going to roll out season four. But first, I'm going to talk about some convention appearances. So stay tuned for bonus episodes on Fan Expo Portland and Megacon.